The story of Australia's first peoples is the oldest continuing human story on Earth. This podcast series presents a collection of first peoples voices, sharing their experiences, achievements, hopes and beliefs. These are the real stories of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australia. Hi, I'm Mary Santa and you're listening to The Real Podcast Series. In this episode, I'm very excited to be chatting with singer-songwriter, actor and composer Marcus Korowa. Hello, Marcus. Hi. Hi. What an introduction. <laughs> it's always important to introduce um, our guests and it's also very important that you introduce yourself, I think, because it must feel weird being introduced in certain ways um, and how you perceive yourself as a bit different. Tell me how you would like to introduce yourself. Yeah, I think ultimately uh, I am a performer of Aboriginal and South Islander um, descent and um, I'm kind of crossing uh, different performance skill sets at the moment, um, you know, came out as a singer-songwriter, uh, but then it's starting to merge into other things. So I suppose that's who I am. And it's been fascinating kind of watching your journey and super exciting from afar. We would have met uh, so many years ago now. Yeah. Doing the Deadlies probably. That's right. Um, seven, eight years ago uh-huh. when you kind of just coming out with your first EP um, performing at maybe the launch over at SBS there that time. I remember sitting in the back area and having a yarn with you that day. Yep. Um, and now to see all that you've done all around the country, around the world, breaking out from, as you say, singer-songwriting and doing a lot of theatre work these days, but so many things. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. What did you think you wanted to be when you were a little boy? Um, I don't really know. I mean, music has always been a big part of my life. So I think at the end of the day, I wanted to work with music in some capacity. Um, but I'd never really had a, like a, a full formalized dream of what that would look like. And where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in North Queensland called Bowen. Um, and I spent my childhood there. And uh, I have a lot of fond memories. I always call myself a Bowen boy because I think that's where it all kind of started for me. Um, and for those who haven't been to Bowen, tell us about what it's oh, like. Oh, Bowen is like a, such a beautiful place. It's like right on the water. There's, uh, there's rivers and creeks and um, it's it's quite uh, like a, a small, humble place. I have a lot of um, family still there, um, Aboriginal and South Island family. And... Um, yeah, growing up there, it's just um, I was always surrounded by family um, involved in the church. Uh, church was a big part of my life. Music was a big part of my life. Pretty much everyone that I knew that was family could play an instrument or could sing. And so I grew up around, you know, these lovely, you know, harmonies and church songs and um, the creeks and rivers and going fishing every day. There's uh, bone mangoes climbing up the trees and... And just, yeah, it was really simple, simple life. It sounds idyllic to me. Just, you know, what more do you need, really? I know. What more do you need is seafood and mangoes, like, really. <laughs> Actually, Jax was in our office yesterday. She was loving mangoes at the moment. Yep, they're in season. Yep, just going for it. Um, so when did you first fall in love with music, do you think? Is there a memory in your um, childhood we went, I, I love this, this makes me feel good. Uh, it, it was just a part of me, uh, I think, because my dad played the guitar uh, and sang. My grandfather did the same. Um, so it was, the guitar was always sitting around at home on the on the couch. So it wasn't uh, 
you know, uncommon for me to pick up the guitar and just try and have a tinkle and play and then ask my dad, like, a couple of, how do you play this? How do you play that? And, and I would just play it. So it would always be there. Um, and, yeah, like, I just, I couldn't think of my life without music um, in that regards. Um, and has there ever been any official, any, have you ever done any official training in music or has it mostly been self-taught? Yeah, mostly self-taught, uh, even though like I studied um, like throughout just my normal schooling years from grade five to grade 12, I um, I just, I played the saxophone at, at school. Um, so Didn't know that? Well, yeah. Can you still a, play? Uh, a rusty saxophone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I learned well, we actually prepared and, one earlier. Ah, no. there you go. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that's as far, far as my, um, I suppose, formal um education in, in music goes and so you're at high school you're you know participating in music classes but generally music is in your blood in your family being surrounded by you this entire time what yeah. was the next step in the career that wasn't necessarily music yeah it was um actually I went to bible college because I was into church for a little while so I went to bible college uh for like a year and then after that I was like oh I wanted to be a social worker or work in some kind of psychology, social worker, welfare aspect. So went to uh, U- uh, University of Queensland for like six months. Um, and then after that, I was like, oh, I actually don't have any money. So like I got a part-time job at Australia Post and ended up making that transition. Like I stopped um, doing uni. I went to Australia Post and I was just there like working part-time and Ended up working full time and I was there for like seven and a half years. Oh, wow. Long time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, I suppose, you know, after seven and a half years, it was, you know, those couple, first couple of years were, were great because, you know, I was I was young and it was like it, I had my independence. And, you know, I could buy things and, mm-hmm. and live and do all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, it towards the end of it, it was like, I don't know if sorting mail for the rest of my life is what I want to do. Um, so I came to that um, crossroads and um, from there it started to transition into finding my way into the music industry and, and that's been a journey as well. And it takes a lot of courage to kind of chase your dreams, really. You could have just stayed and you were, you know, had a financially secure job, right. um, you know, living at home and feeling, you know, in, on country. So you were happy in that kind of regard. But nope, I want to go and I want to pursue music in a totally different career and that's probably going to take you elsewhere. Yeah, but who knows where and who knows even if that will work out. Um, so, but at the end of the day, I had to follow, uh, I had to make some really hard decisions about about what I wanted to, wanted to do because, you know, as you said, like, you know, you have job security. It's like the, the you're in the system and you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, this is the way that life is supposed to work out, get a full-time job, um, you know, buy a car, buy a house, um, stay there for 30 years, 40 years. And that's the, the people that I, were working, that I was working with, they were, they were doing that. They were retiring and it's like, uh, I don't want to do this. And I was thinking like, oh, it's seven and a half years. I got a couple more years to, to go before I have long service leave. I've got holiday pay, um, all those things. And then... Uh, at the, but at the end of it, it was like, this is not what I want to be doing. So I had to ask myself some really hard questions. What is it do you want to be 
what is it that you want to do? Um, and I kind of just came up with, well, one, I want to work with music in some kind of capacity. And two, I want to work with my mob. Um, and I, that was really clear for me. That's what I want, wanted to do. Uh, at that time, I had met my girl as well, Shani. And, shout uh, out to Shani. Shout out to Shani. <laughs> yep, she's been there since day one. Um, and she was going to the performing school, ACPA, Aboriginal um, Centre for the Performing Arts. And um, my sister was going there as well. And uh, because at that time, um, yeah, I started just to get curious about um, this particular place and I was kind of hanging around there for a little bit. And and that's that kind of place kind of lent itself to that, even though students, young Indigenous students go there to, you know, learn as well. But it's also it's a, there's a sense of community and people just drop in, drop out. So I was kind of hanging around there for a bit and... Uh, and then one day um, I was ended up at a uh, barbecue at the artistic director's place. And I sang one of my songs for her. She's like, wow, you're actually really good, like amazing. And, um, you know, basically we talked and, you know, I told her my situation, um, you know, kind of floating, looking, I don't know, this is where I'm at. Um, then a couple of days later, she's like, well, do you want, do you want to work here? Do you want a job here? I'm like... Yeah, um, what will I be doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like, yes, before you ask what the job is. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, so uh, just taken by you know, um, you know the performative aspects here and what what it represented, and and when I thought about it, it was like, well, yeah, it's music and and it's also with mob. So I was like, yep, and so I became a, a teacher's assistant for like the next two years. Um, you know, teaching like basic music skills um, and just learning from the other teachers as well. Uh, and then so, yeah, two years there, my girl had finished her course and uh, that was my introduction into, into I don't know, I suppose the entertainment um, side of, of, of life and industry. And then, yeah, fast forward two years later, my girl finishes the course and she's like, uh, like so, it's finished now. So I'm, I'm gonna move to Sydney. I don't know what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong black woman for you. You coming or not? Yeah, coming or not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pack up the house and, and pack up everything, and and that was it. And just threw everything into my uh, um, my little Hyundai, and uh, just made the trip to to Sydney. And uh, I arrived on Australia Day. And I remember like Yarbin uh, was happening, but I didn't quite get to that. But in my mind, I was like, ah, oh, this is, I'd love to perform there. This is, you know, quite, quite significant. And um, yeah, and the rest has been history. And, and that's how it all basically started for me. I always admire people who can get up and move cities and just totally follow their dreams and, you know, start anew in different places. <laughs> this can be quite frightening, but well, um, you're, it was kind of... As, it was going to be your future, really. You've had to pick up and move around and, and the gigging lifestyle of, you know, here's a project for three months, you need to go and live in Perth or you need to go and live in Melbourne or I want you to tour around Europe for the next three months. So uh -huh. getting used to that new kind of lifestyle would have been... Yeah, it, that's right because I come from a family who's like, you know, from a small town community, um, you know, and, and people stay there and, and do their thing. So it's like... Uh, to think outside of of your community uh, is is sometimes scary and and there's a lot of unknowns and uh, 
But, um, you know, I had Shani there and I, I think I was at a place where I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose and this is what I want to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out, but, you know, just do it. And who were your role models at the time? Well, I've got a, just a lot of local heroes. Like I just look, because I just remember growing up uh, with family and and that, and so, and everyone could play instruments. So it's like you know, Uncle Eddie could play the lap guitar, and Uncle, you know, such such play the drums, and and so it's like, oh, you know, I was inspired by you know all these black men that could do these things, and um, so I, and that was very much in my my in my foresight. I suppose, um, but like when I came to Sydney here and and started to, you know, land some things. Um, I remember uh, going on tour like for the first time doing my music, and I was doing um support for Christina Anu, so she was doing her Aretha Franklin tour in a couple of the a couple of small towns in regional New South Wales, and I got asked to do a support and also like to back up sing um, for her, and I remember like doing that and I just thought uh, this this was like it was it was really great it was like a bit of a turning moment for me in in terms of of this is the direction that I want to go and she really was really helpful and she was she and I really admire her and uh kind of look up to her because like she's been around forever doing a whole bunch of stuff and you and you, I kind of look at her career and like yeah I think that's that's fantastic and I can learn a lot from what she's been through. Um, and you share a manager too. Yeah. So we, it, that kind of helps to kind of helps. learn from behind the scenes and how to kind of um, navigate this industry, which is there's no direct path. You never know what project's going to pop up next or if it's suited to you or how do you kind of navigate that process? Uh, in, in terms of what? In, what? in terms of um, knowing what projects to go for next or how to, you know, what are you doing in six months? You might not know. Oh, for myself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that. It totally is. It's, uh, it's all up in the air and it's, um, it's one, guided by, you know, what I want to do as an artist and two, I suppose, the opportunities that present itself um, and then you kind of just make decisions on, on which way is the best way to go. So, um, you know, there's sometimes there's a lot of work in, in being a self-independent artist and, and trying to make things happen. And, and then sometimes you, you land a gig and it's, I don't know, it's a little bit easier in terms of the logistics and you just rock up and do the, do the thing. So it's a, it's a bit of both. I'm lucky enough to have seen you perform outdoors um, around Uluru. Actually, you did a bit of time up there. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's for the Chungu Festival <clears throat> yeah. or something around that kind of time. And how lucky to be able to travel, um, you know, right around the world, but particularly in our own backyard and see some of those amazing places. Yeah, 100%. I remember, like, seeing you there and, and meeting you. And then um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I was telling you the story about, you know, one of my first times out um, out at Uluru, I got to play at um, Sales in the Desert and do a month's residency. And that came off the back of, I think, winning the Deadly Award, uh, you know, which you're very much a part of. And uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, having that recognition of, of winning a Deadly Award and then that was kind of a bit of a launching pad as well into the next phase of my career. And, yeah, one of my first gigs on the back of that was to perform at um, the Sales in, Sales in the Desert. 
and uh yeah and as you as you've said like i've done a lot of gigs around the world and you've done yeah so much there's so many things and so many just random spontaneous trips um that just come out of the blue um now how did you get into the theater piece what was your first <laughs> kind of footstep into that world which has just you know snowballed you've done so many great things in such a short space of time since yeah. then what was the first theater piece that you worked on yeah it was um the rabbits and that was um a new work um from kate miller heike and it was produced by opera australia and it, it, it was a uh, uh, a new work based on uh, the book the rabbits a children's book uh, it's about colonization um and so yeah i got asked i got i, I went for it um and I got the part in it, and it's it's a little bit like Lion King, you know. We have to dress up with the whole costume, with the whole headpiece, and everything like that. Um, in 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 terms of the costume, um, and then uh, that was my first introduction into, uh, I suppose, a musical. Well, I think they classed it as a, a children's opera, but um, yeah, I was running around the stage dressed in this kind of marsupial uh, outfit. Uh, and I uh, got to do the tour for that. So that was incredible. And did you think that you would be able to do live theatre? Uh, like, yes and no. Like, it's a different skill set, um, you know, and I'm used to being the person behind the guitar, you know, sharing my songs. And then, you know, it's once, you know, you put the guitar down. You can't, sometimes you can use the guitar as a bit of a, uh, I don't know, um, it kind of covers uh, covers things, but bit of a safety you, net. Bit of a safety almost. net, yep. yeah, exactly. And you put the guitar down, and then you're there standing, and it's like, okay, this is this is something different. Um, so, yes and no. Like I was curious about it, and so like with anything, like if I'm curious, I'll just jump in and have a go and see if it works or or not, and then see how this feels if I can do it or not and um yeah it's it's I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it at the moment and we talked before we came online um and just about winning the role in beautiful um the Carol King musical yeah and you just going I'm not sure that's suited to me or I don't know that I could do that and you were quite scared yeah of not the singing because we know that you're very comfortable in that singing space but the choreography piece yeah that's that's right I mean like when the audition came around and like the role was for one of the drifters and and like I gravitate to that kind of music so yeah the singing was okay I I felt and um they enjoyed it and but it was I'd never danced I've never danced before in in my entire life so I've never done choreography um a dance around at home maybe uh, a <laughs> dance around in the club or something <laughs> <laughs> and the club dancing that's my experience. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to put it all together in this, you know, uh, in this piece, and and you have to sing on top of that, and and but the the, the creatives that I was working with um, were very generous, and um, I think I did enough. Obviously, I did enough through the audition to say uh, to, for them to be like, oh, if we can work with this guy, um, and and that's what we did. So like literally before beautiful rehearsal started, we had a two week boot camp where I just got like the basics of all the steps putting it all down and I'm um, learning the routine routine before we actually started rehearsal and uh I got there at the end yeah and you've just come back from New York 
where you got to see the New York version. Yes, that's right. So I was on holidays over there. I just literally got back into the country now. And um, yeah, it the, that particular show has been on Broadway for like the last six years and it's just closing um, in a couple, oh, it's just finished closing um, a couple of days ago. So I was lucky enough to go and see it. And um, yeah, I'd never, like I've been performing it for the year, but I'd never seen it as an audience member. And that was really something as well to be like, oh, okay, this is what we create every single night. And it's quite special. So that was something. Would you like to do some work in the US? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like if I could do like basically uh um, a role that is has been on Broadway for the last six years, like, well, yeah, that's kind of opened my eyes and my mind to be like, well, maybe I can go over there and do a musical. So, And isn't New York a magical city? Oh, it's intense and it's amazing. It was really overwhelming. Um, and, and there's just everything and anything that's ha- happening over there. And it kind of blew my mind to see um, just... Yeah, it's a place where, like, you know, the biggest and the best things happen and really, like, a place where dreams do come true. So, yeah, it just was really inspiring. I certainly feel like that when I go to New York too, but I'm just a bit over how hectic it is, to be honest. It's full on, isn't it? Just exhausting, but exciting at the same time. Yes. Well, fingers crossed, uh, we believe in you. And if you go to New York, we'll come and watch. How about that? (laughs) Put that on the business. Um, (laughs) We have to come and do a follow-up podcast um, backstage. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, at the moment, I know that you're working with the Alex Park Community School. Yeah. uh, And you mentioned at the beginning of our interview that it's all about, you know, wanting to work with music and mob. And so it's great that you've come back from, you know, a a European tour and a holiday overseas and are now working um, just around the corner with our kids. Yeah, and I really feel passionate about, like, always working with kids and giving back because I was that kid. You know, like trying to figure out, make sense of, uh, of of your place in the world and your identity and your dreams and your passions and what what that is all about. So, you know, anytime I can get an opportunity to work with with kids, uh, I do that. So, I have this opportunity at the moment working with uh, with um, uh, this particular school, and it's basically empowerment through music, and um, it's it's quite relaxed and informal and and uh but it's just about confidence building and you know we look at some you know issues about identity and and believing in yourself so loving that at the moment um and how is that kind of having conversations about identity um i suppose Mm. sorry yeah no yeah i think we've already come a long way um in terms of our, our in society and the way that we look at it so I think like having these conversations now um, as opposed to like years ago uh, is it's, it's a little bit more accepted and a bit easier to have um, so and I, f- I find that these kids are really open and receptive and they get it anyway I think with just social media uh, and just what they've been exposed to already so those conversations uh, have been fine and so uh, is the conversation around identity around being an Aboriginal person um, and how you deal with that in society or online at the same time? What's How do those kind of conversations go? Yeah, it's about, uh, yeah, just, try, just trying to understand who they are, where they fit, um, you know. Uh, and some, some kids are, are really strong about that. Some kids are still trying to work that out. So, so 
uh, and basically it's just a, just creating an environment to, for them to express themselves and, and, and whatever they want to say and however they want to think. Um, I imagine that must be tricky in, well, not tricky, just different for your line of work. You know, you've, you've played an African-American guy, um, you know, in Beautiful, the musical, and um, and obviously Aboriginal characters as well. But it's something you'd probably have to um, think through, you know, process yeah. yourself before you potentially take on roles. Would there be roles that you wouldn't take on for, um, you know, that might clash too much with your identity yeah absolutely I, I think I've been really fortunate enough to um, the, the roles that I've that I've had or that the, the projects that I've been involved in have really resonated with me and that's I don't know I've just that all has just come naturally so I'm not the type of person to like you know the actor or the, the musical theater person to be like wanting to be a part of everything um, it, it's just kind of worked out that those I felt like those particular projects or roles have like found me in a way, which has been great. So, um, and you know, also w with anything and, and uh, being being a black fella in, in this space is like, and you always have to try and question. Uh, I feel I feel I always have to try and question. Uh, you know, the cultural integrity of a piece or the role before I. I get into it so that's really important to me and I imagine during the creative process too there were probably some of those conversations yeah yep um and can we talking about that brand new day just announced yeah very exciting I know tell us about it oh uh, it's um a little bit crazy uh because I it hasn't officially started yet like it'll the rehearsals will start on the 2nd of December in Broome and so I'm really looking forward to that and getting my teeth stuck into that um, but yeah, once again, like the audition process happened a couple of months ago. I originally went for the role of uncle. Um, so I was in there, I had prepared, um, and then they started to throw young Willie at me. Um, so I kind of learned that stuff on the fly, um, and got in there and, and, and did my stuff. And, um, I, I just walked out of there thinking, this is weird because one, I felt like I'm too uh, young to play uncle and then too old to play Willie and I kind of just left it and didn't think about it and then a couple of weeks later I, I got offered the role of Willie um, which I was like oh okay this is happening this is great and um, yeah so it was something that I wasn't really expecting but it, once again like I'm accepting it and I'm happy to like to play the be a part of this it's, it's, it's going to be massive and uh no, I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Tell me about the audition process. Yeah, I find it fascinating. Are they always a little bit different, or do you sing a song, or deliver a yeah, piece of monologue, or is, yeah, yeah? Tell the, us about the that. The audition process is uh, well. Yeah, they give you a brief of what to prepare, so you can either it's either usually songs or a scene. Um, you have to learn a script, um, but at the, at the same time, you do that. You get in there. Uh, you know, you you don't know what to expect because sometimes they you know, they can cut you and like cut a song that you prepared, uh, and you just got to be ready to do whatever they they say at, in the moment. Um, which is you know nerve wracking. You know you've prepared and you're there doing your doing your thing, and and then you just got you got to leave it and you just wait and see if you get the role or not. <laughs> 
good kind of process um, as an artist, I'd imagine, to you have to be quite resilient, obviously, but also just flexible and light on your feet and be able to transition in the moment to go, well, that's not for me, but this one is. And you kind of sounds like you just trust in the process and that the projects that you're drawn to find you at the same time. Yeah, I've been a little bit fortunate in that regards. Um, you know, my journey, that's that's my journey, but it's not the journey for everyone. And um, yeah, you do. You have to be resilient and you have to persevere and you have to love what, you, what you're doing and what you're about at the end of the day um, to make it work for you. Otherwise, it, it is, if you don't have that kind of mindset, it is um, it's quite jarring and probably won't get that far so you you do have to be quite flexible and so what other goals do you have in the future I would just like to continue um well just challenging myself and growing uh and and you know I think at the core of me is uh you know once again is music and my mob and I want to see and we've got stories to tell and I'm an advocate for for our stories and advocate for you know positive uh you know our mob being positive role models and 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 making a change within the system um so you know that's that's the core of me and then at the same time i'm really curious and uh, about about acting and musicals and i don't know i just think you got to have some 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 core stuff about you and then and then that kind of guides you and leads you but i think at the end of the day if you stay curious stay um passionate about something um, and you kind of let that guide you as well. And then who knows, Mara? Who knows? <laughs> it's such an exciting lifestyle because <laughs> you don't even know what you're doing in six months, really, no. do you? But you've got this beautiful body of work behind you that means so much and that has um, been, you know, so well accepted by the community, but by, you know, critics at the same time. And it just must be, make you feel really proud. Yeah, yeah. And as, as you know, I've... As you said before, I won the Deadly Award, and that was that was a big moment for me as well to be like to like everything that I've I've gone through. Like I mean, to to say that I want to go f- and do music and put my music out there, and then to get an award to I don't know, and almost to validate you know my path. But in saying that, it's it's good to it's great to get awards and and to to have that platform. But at the end of the day, it's it's not about getting the awards. It's about following your your path. Um, and that's what we kind of uh, believe at the real, and I suppose it's an extension of kind of the deadly. So it's celebrating Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander success because if we're not going to shout from the rooftops how great you are and all the amazing things that we're doing and back each other 100%. in this space, then who's going to do it? 100%. So um, we're grateful that you mentioned the deadlies and that that kind of profile that's kind of given you um, some support on your journey, which has absolutely been down to you and your success and talent and, and drive. Can you share with us, just in wrapping up, um, some advice to some young people who might be listening to this and thinking um, that they're not sure where they want to go with their lives, just some um, advice on life in general? Yes, I think uh, I, I'm, this might sound a bit controversial, but you know, I'm a big believer in, in not necessarily having um, an education uh, at the end of the day I think the biggest thing the biggest thing for me is is finding your passion finding what your what your strengths are finding what you're good at um, and, and what what excites you the most and you let those things lead you and guide you along the way and when you when you find out those things and those things that make you happy 
um, just follow that, trust that, um, and your gut will tell you as well. So I think that's probably the best advice that I could give anyone. Well, thank you for that advice and for having a chat with us on The Real today. We look forward to continuing to follow your journey and see you in brand new day coming up very soon, um, but hopefully um, on Broadway very soon. <laughs>